you honor your word and you visit us. For your word says that you abide upon the praises of your people. And Lord, we praise you this morning. We worshiped you and your spirit made itself manifest among us, God. And we thank you for that because there's nothing like you. There's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like the peace that's in this room right now. There's nothing like the safety and the comfort that are in this room right now. And the only reason that those things are here is because you are here. Lord, would you help us to remember that when we have chaos in our lives and when we are distraught, there is one in whom we can call and then his name is Jesus. And he will bring us his peace, his joy, and his love. Father, I pray that your anointing would be upon your servant to feed your sheep this morning. I pray, God, that they will be encouraged by this word that they hear. Father, let me give them exactly what you have for them, no more, no less. Open up their ears that they may hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. So, Lord, we honor you. We bless you. Move me out of the way. I must decrease so that you might increase. In Jesus' name, amen. So good to see some familiar faces in the room. God bless you all, and thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you here at New Life Christian Ministries this morning. We are in a series called A Servant's Servant. And if this is your first time here, you will be helping me preach today. There's a lot of uh, repeat along. And the reason I do that is because it's not only good to hear the message, but to say the message as well so that faith can come by the hearing, but it can be activated by your profession, by you saying it as well. So a servant servant is the theme of the series. And today's message is entitled, we're in God's good plan. Can you say this with me? I am in God's good plan. Man, that's good news. What that means is that no matter what you're going through, that if you belong to him, then he's got a good plan that is working out. Amen. Sometimes during the demolition of a home, it doesn't look good, but the plan is still good, right? You got to tear some things up when you're remodeling a kitchen, and the kitchen doesn't look good, but its plan is still good. Sometimes your life doesn't look good. Sometimes some things seem to be falling apart, but if you allow yourself to trust God, you will see that you are a part of his good plan. We're talking about being a servant's servant. Jesus Christ was the servant of all servants. He was God, but he humbled himself to come as a man. And he rejected all those things that he could have been accustomed to coming from a kingdom such as heaven and was born in a manger. And even as an adult, he said, birds uh, and, and foxes have homes, but I have nowhere to lay my head. This is the king of the universe who humbled himself as a man and was an example to us that we might also humble ourselves to be servants as well. So God especially selected his servants from the beginning to fulfill his purposes through Jesus Christ. I'm going to take you through a quick review of the messages that we've heard so far. The first message, I believe, was on Easter uh, Resurrection uh, Day Sunday, and that message was called A Servant Servant. And what we learned that day was that Jesus rose from the grave, just like he said, because his words carry power. Church, can you say power? His words carry power. So 
a good and faithful servant will obey his master's words. So if you're a Christian, that means that you're a servant of God, right? And that as he speaks through his word and his servants, we're supposed to be obedient to his word. So you're not just churchgoers, right? You're supposed to be followers of God, servants of God, obedient to what he says. Then our next message was called sweeping the house clean. God promises to live in those who love and obey him. Let's humbly open every room of our hearts to his holiness. What does this mean? It means that sometimes, even after being a Christian, there's some dark places in our heart. There's some sins that we continue to practice that pastor doesn't know about and the person sitting behind you doesn't know about, but God knows about them. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I humble myself and say, you know what? I'm not all the way right with you and I'm tired of pretending and I invite you to come into my heart and make it clean. Clean me up from the inside out. Our next message was called the seeking servant. A loving servant has a heart which seeks primarily to do the will of the one they serve. So I don't get to see you every day, but my hope, and you don't see me either, but my hope is that when you leave this church every day, that you're still seeking to serve God, knowing that I am his servant. So when you wake up every morning, it's God, thank you for waking me up this morning. How may I serve you today? You are servants of God. Say this with me. I am a servant of God. See, we, we, need to, we need to hear this because sometimes we can make it there that God is our servant. And the way that we deal with God as, is, is, as, as if he is serving us. So we wake up bossing God around. God, I need you to bless me today. God, I got some bills over here. God, uh, my, my spouse is, is, is this and that. I need you to fix that. God, I need you to do this. God, do that and do that and do that. Thank you. And that's the end of the conversation. Like, God is our servant. No, we need to flip this thing and say, no, God, how may I serve you? I am your humble servant, knowing that as we serve him, he takes care of all of that background noise in our lives. Then our next message was, no longer I, but Christ, learning that we must give all to receive his all. So our life is for his. We learned that we have to die every day to our own will, right? Because not all of our ways are always good, right? That's why you didn't just buy one stick of deodorant in your whole lifetime, right? You've got to keep refreshing those places, right? So every day we need to refresh ourselves and say, you know what? Every once in a while, I can start to stink, my attitude can stink. The way that I feel about people can stink. So I need to be renewed by having a fresh decrease or death of my old self so that the new self, the refreshed self, the, the one that's created after the image of Jesus Christ can come out and live because it's no longer I who lives. Once you give your life to God, it's Christ living within you. Then last week we learned about a servant's response. None of you on Monday morning, if your boss would say, hey, could you come into my office? I need to speak to you for a moment. None of you would walk through that door and say, what? Because, woo, <laughs> what is you need to find another job. All right. A service response is way different. So when we serve God and God speaks to us or we're, we're ready to hear from him, a servant's response is this. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Can you say this with me? Speak, Lord. Your servant 
is listening. So as a servant of God, we should walk around with our ears wide open saying, Lord, how might I serve you? I am your servant. That's how a servant responds. Or we respond like Mary responded, saying, be it unto me according to thy word. Well, today we're talking about God's good plan for us. So we've got some good news today as we trek through servanthood. Pretty soon we're going to start the compel ministry again. So that's going to start within a few weeks. And what I'm thinking is we'll have a little short Bible study from 630 to 7. And then from 7 to 8, we'll be out in this, this neighborhood passing out treats and praying for people. So can you pretend to be excited about that for a moment? Let's make a lot of noise. All right. Praise God. I know you weren't pretending. I know that was real. All right. So we're going to do that because God has called us to action. It's not just about this. Yes, preaching is good and necessary, but it's supposed to prepare you for actual ministry. So this is just orientation weekly for the job that you go out and do every day. So we're going to look at God's good plan. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. All right, so now we've learned all these things about being a servant. We learn what a servant servant is. We learn that we got to have our hearts clean as we serve God. We've learned that we need to be seeking to do his will. We learn that it's no more us that's alive as a servant, but the spirit of God lives in us. And we learn what our response should be as a servant as well. But now we learn why. Why all of this talk about being a servant? Well, God has a plan and it's a good plan. We're in Ephesians 1 beginning in verse 9. It says this. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own, church, can you say, good plan? Praise God. So in a world like we live in, it's good to know that God has a good plan. Verse 10, and this is the plan. So listen up, everyone. What is God's good plan? This is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Can you say good plan? What, that, what does that mean? That means that every demonic force is going to be destroyed. That means that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That means that there will be, there will be no more sickness and no more death. There will be no more poverty and no more cancer. Church, can you say good plan? There will be no more presidents and, and lying senators and, and representatives. This is going to be one ruler, and his name is God, and it's going to be all given under the authority of Jesus Christ. That's the good plan. Verse 11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, come on, somebody, we are servants of God, and we've been united with Christ. We have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Church, can you say this with me? You need to confess this over yourself. Say this with me. It's all working out. Man, it's so good to be a Christian. Oh, my goodness. Now, we're not exempt from trouble, 
We're not exempt from pain, but it all works out for his good because he's got a plan. Amen. I, I would take it that if God wasn't good, some of you wouldn't be serving him for this long. I sure wouldn't. If God wasn't good, I would have walked away long ago. But I'm like the disciples now. Where else will I go? It's you that have the words of life. Where else am I going to turn to? So Christ fulfills God's good plan. Man. So I wonder when Jesus dies on the cross and his finals, final words were what? It is finished. I wonder if he's referencing the good plan. Christ was God's good plan for this world. So what are some of the benefits of being united with Christ? And Christ is the plan. Church, can you say this with me? You need to get this embedded in your spirit today. It's like Christ is the plan. Oh my goodness, and what a plan Christ was. Look at what Christ fulfilled while he was here. He was doing it all. He did it without sin. He did it with authority and power and love. He was the plan. So what are the benefits of being united with the plan? Man, that's so good. That Christ is alive in me, and just like he succeeded in his plan on earth, that's why he said, I must go away and send back my Holy Spirit to you. Why? Because there's still a plan in motion. Come on. Every single one of your lives is a plan of God that is in motion right now, and you need Christ, the good plan in you, working all these things out. So one of the benefits of being united with Christ is that we have received an inheritance. And what is that inheritance? It is eternal life, that we have been adopted into the family of God. And that is good news. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25. It says this to his servants, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. There it is again. We've got an inheritance as our reward. And that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favorites. So we are serving God, and we're not serving God for nothing. We're serving God because he has graced us with an inheritance, meaning that we have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. All right? So even after we die, there's still a plan. Man, that's a good plan. So God, see, if I die tomorrow, the sheriff's office is done with me. I'm no longer important to the sheriff's office, right? And you guys will miss me, right? Let me see if everybody... Okay, all right, so I'll be missed uh, here, but the plan is over. I can't be your pastor anymore. Do you know that God's plan is so good that even after you die, the plan is still in motion, right? That he's got a plan to raise you from the dead, and he's got a plan to take you into the kingdom of heaven for all of eternity, amen? That is a good plan. That is our inheritance. So since you as servants of God have been joined with Christ, you have that inheritance. Number two benefit that you have is that you have been chosen in advance. 
So when you give your life to God, you're doing what he knew that you would do already because you have been chosen in advance. It feels good to be chosen, right? So uh, in school, uh, when I was growing up, I was always tall. So I don't know why they chose me for the basketball team first, but it felt good to be chosen, right? Well, maybe just because I was tall. I don't know. But God chooses us even when we don't feel like we deserve to be chosen. I don't care if you've got a, I don't care if you've been to prison. I don't care if you've got a past in drugs and, and alcohol. I don't care what your past looks like. God doesn't look at the resume when he chose, chose you, right? He chose you before he even created the world. He knew that you would mess up when you got here and had a plan to redeem you still. John 15, 16 is for all of us who think that we really chose God. Listen to this good news. John 15, 16 says this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Say this with me, church. It feels good, it feels good. to be chosen. Man. You see, I often think about this, that right now we're here on earth, but one day we'll be looking at each other in heaven and be like, man, it feels good. It feels good to be chosen, right? It feels good to be chosen. All right, number three, what is that third benefit of being united with Christ? That benefit is that everything works out according to his plan, and the plan is Christ. So you need to know that. You need to insert Christ into your thinking that no matter what's going on in your life, that Christ, that you're joined to the plan named Christ. Let's look at Romans 8, 28, right? This is good. This is powerful for each of you that belong to Jesus Christ and for those that will give your life to Jesus Christ today. Romans 8, 28. And we know, man, this is certainty here. And we know that God causes everything. How many things, church? Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So this means no matter what you're going through, that God's still going to work it together for your good. Now, many of you know that I suffered from kidney failure over 10 years ago and almost died. But do you realize that God's been so good to me through this kidney transplant and almost dying that if I had to come back again and do that again, I would do it. Why? Because I seen his goodness in motion. I seen how I almost died, but he kept me alive. I seen how that if I didn't tell you I almost died, you wouldn't even know it because that's just how good God is. Just as the Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace, not smelling not sm like smoke or looking at like their, their clothes had been singed, they had a testimony to tell. Many of you don't look like what, you, what you've been through, nor do you look like what you're going through. Why? Because Christ is the plan. And when Christ lives inside of you, he's working everything out for your good. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how many people don't believe in you, Christ is in you and you're united to that plan. Man, what a plan. Amen. Amen. What a plan. All right. We're picking back up in verse 12 now. We, we began in Ephesians 1. 
9 through 14. We're picking up in Ephesians uh, verse 12 now. It says this. We're learning about God's purpose. So God's purpose was that we Jews, okay, it was a Jew who wrote this, Paul, who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. Church, can you say praise and glory? Okay, so that's the purpose. He said, I'm doing all of this stuff for you so that you can bring praise and glory to me. So that's, so that's your purpose. That's why God has saved you. That's why everything works out for your good. Man, you should be making some noise right now. I'm trying to tell you that everything works out for your good, and the reason is so that you can bring praise and glory to God. You've got to understand that the situation has to end well for you. Why? So that you can bring praise and glory to God. Well, you say, well, pastor, the reason we didn't get excited is because that was for the Jews. That's what it just said right there. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. Let's keep reading and see if there's any, any of that there for us. Verse 13. Oh, right here. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he has purchased us to be his own people. Listen up, folks. It wasn't just the Jews. Listen up. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Do you not hear this good news today? What I'm trying to tell you is that you're part of God's plan in Christ and that Christ is inside of you. And, Christ, and since you are joined to Christ, the plan of God is still working through Christ. But now he is called on earth in us the Holy Spirit. So as the Holy Spirit lives in you, he is bringing you to the fulfillment of all things to the glory of God so that you will praise and glorify him. Let's test this. How many of you have ever been through something that was very hard and it didn't seem like you're going to get through it? Raise your hand. All right, hands down. Now, how many of you had God bring you through that thing or God is currently bringing you through that thing? Hands up. Oh my goodness, the math works on this. So what this tells me is that every situation that you go through was designed, right? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. Every problem that you go through is designed for God to get glory from it because that's your purpose here. That you would glorify and praise God whose Christ, whose spirit is in you through Christ. Man, this is good news. Let's keep this going. So, why did God do all of this for us? Why are we included in his good plan? It's because our purpose is to praise and glorify him. So if you want God to move on your behalf, whatever you're going through, you can do this. You can knock on God's door and say, God, there's still some stuff out here that uh, is undone that I'm going to give you praise and glory for when you, when you do it for me. But God, even before you do it, I'm going to offer you the sacrifice of praise. Oh my goodness. I'm going to give you the sacrifice of praise. So 
even before you make all things work out for my good, I know that you will. So I can just praise you now. I can just praise you in advance of the problem being solved because you're a good God and I trust you. This is the importance of reading your Bible so that your faith can be renewed so that you can believe God and see his good works. All right. So we praise and glorify God as he works all things. Church, can you say all things? See, I just don't know if I believe you or not. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you or not. Can you say all things? all things? Come on, do you really believe that though? Do you believe that God can cause all things? I'm talking about the hard things, the ugly things, the things you don't understand, the things that make you say, God, do you see me? Do, God, do you still love me? Church, can you say all things? See, listen, we praise and we glorify him as he works all things together for good according to his good plan. And church, his good plan has a name and his good plan is named Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. So what then is the eternal purpose of our lives? Why are we here? Why did he save us? Let's go quickly to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. And it says this, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Wow. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of the grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Man, that's the second time it's said that in this short passage. So we, as servants of Jesus Christ, man, that's so good. Say this with me. I am united with Christ Jesus. Church, that means right now. That doesn't mean when you die and get to heaven. It means that you are united with Jesus Christ right now, that you are united with him. That means no matter what hell throws at you, it won't work because they crucified him and he rose from the dead. You're, you're united with that same Christ. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, not because you're you, but because you're united with Christ. Do we understand that? We were nothing until we became united with him. But now that we are united with him, we are something to talk about. And God even points at us for all future ages to say, look what I do for them. They are mine. They are united with my plan named Christ. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Listen to this. Listen to, to verse 10. This is incredible. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So what does this mean? That before God made oceans and giraffes, and cheeseburgers because I'm hungry. Before he made any of these things, right, he had a plan that we would do good works. Church, can you say good works? So listen, listen, I love that you guys come to church on Sundays and some on Wednesdays, but he made us for more than just coming to this building. He made us, he predestined us to do some good works. 
So there's some things that Kimberly has to do that only Kimberly can do. And if she doesn't do them, they don't get done. There's some things that Bud has to do that Damien can't do. And if Bud doesn't do them, they may not get done. Every single one of you, God pre-programmed you to do some things before he even made the earth. I hope you hear me this morning. Before God made the earth, he had you in mind. He invented you, and there's no invention made without a purpose. He invented you to do some good things, and some of you have been doing them already. You've raised children. You've given to the poor. There's just these things that you have done that if you had not done them, that they would not have gotten done. So we praise God for your obedience in those things. So why are we able to do the good things God planned for us since the beginning? It's because, man, this is good. We've been united with his good plan named Jesus. Do you notice how your purpose really never kicked in till you got saved? Do you notice how things really didn't make sense, that you really didn't come alive till you got saved? Now, you might have had a job, right? But you were just a shell of what you could give to that job when Christ wasn't in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God made you for certain things, and it's not just, it's not just your occupation. It's the vocation in which he has given you called goodness, because we are his masterpieces. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through who? Christ. Christ who strengthens me. I wonder why Christ strengthens me. Because he is the good plan. Because God's not going to fail just like he did not fail Jesus when he was here. God is after praise. So he wants you to get through the problem so you'll praise him. So how do we get through the problem? It is Christ who strengthens us. All right, now we have to hear about God's mighty power, and we're just about done. He gave me a short message because he knew it was going to happen. All right, God's mighty power. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. God's mighty power. And this is Paul talking. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, so I want you to hear this, because I told you that God has a plan for us, but many of you feel like you don't deserve it because of the things you've done. But I told you that even before you came to this world and did anything wrong, that God had a right plan for you, a good plan. And here's Paul saying, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. So what you, hear, what you need to hear in that church is this. You don't deserve what God has called you to do, but God's going to do it for you anyway. So you need to just graciously receive it as a privilege. Graciously receive your purpose as a privilege. Verse 9. I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. So you need to know this. God graciously appoints those feeling undeserved to serve him just by a show of hands. And let's just keep it real in this room because my hand's going to be the first to go up. Now that God has saved you and called you into his purposes, how many of you looking back over your life you wouldn't have even chose yourself because you're so undeserving and you know what you did in the past. Come on now. Isn't that God's mercy that your hand goes up? 
Like, wow, like I wouldn't have even picked me, <laughs> but you picked me. And that's just how much you love me, right? That's how good your plan, that's how good Jesus is. Jesus is so good that your plan still, his plan still works inside of you, all right? Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29 says this, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish, that was me, in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So since we all raised our hands and said that we wouldn't even pick ourselves, that means none of us can boast and say, look at me now, I'm all that. Nope, we know, well, God knows what you were before he called you. All right, so verse 12, because of our Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So even though we were unworthy, because of our faith in God and because of his love for us, now we can walk right into his presence. So it's just like entering into the CEO of the universe's office as sons and daughters because we've been called into the service of bringing him glory. So he says, you know what? I desire glory. So my door for you is always open. You can come boldly for me to me in time of help. Well, why are you going to help me, God? Because helping you fulfills the purpose that I desire, which is to bring me praise and glory. Amen? That's so important. All right, verse 13. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. What you have to know, church, is that each one of you that belong to him, you're a commercial for God. So, yes, people see you suffer and they see what you're going through, but you're still a commercial for God, right? A Tide commercial doesn't show you little Johnny's baseball pants stained with green grass at the beginning of the commercial and the end of the commercial, right? They wouldn't say, look at what our product does and show you the, the, the grass-stained pants at the beginning and after 50 washes and pull them out and they look exactly the same, right? That's not how a commercial works. A commercial says, look at how busted and disgusted this thing is right now, but after using our product, now look, mom, right? It is so clean now. So we are God's commercial. Say this with me. I am a commercial for God's goodness. See, listen, 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 listen. You've got to tell all the people that are looking your, at your life right now as is to just say, say, hey, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Like, God is not finished bringing everything together for his glory in my life. Just stay tuned, right? I may not have the, the, the testimony that I desire to have yet, but God is still bringing about his glorious power in my life. Amen. All right, let's give God some praise for that. You are his billboard, right? So the things that you're going through are just future testimonies. You're in a commercial right now. <laughs> you're in one of God's commercials, right? If you belong to him, you're in one of his commercials. You're his advertising. 
So although you go through some things, look at Job. Look at the commercial that Job was in. Like, man, if this is what your God does to his people? Nope. Let's go to the end. He got double for his trouble, didn't he? So shouldn't you have an expectation as well? You're going to bring praise and glory to God. All right. So Paul prayed this prayer for us. Okay. After giving us all this good news, Paul had a prayer for us beginning in verse 14. And Paul, Paul, it was getting good to Paul, right? You ever read the Bible and it just starts getting good to you? Like, mm, this is good. So as Paul was writing, it was getting good to him, right? I don't know if he said, mm, this is good or not, but it was getting good to him because listen to what he said. When I think of all this, right, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So come on, say this with me, church. Father, I thank you that you empower me with inner strength through your Holy Spirit. Come on, church. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes your commercial turn out right. The Holy Spirit is the one that encourages you and keeps you going when it feels like it's too tough and it's too hard. The Holy Spirit is the one saying, don't give up on God now. Come on, don't you fall down. See, Paul was saying, listen, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he's talking about God, he's got glorious, unlimited resources, right? that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make a home in your hearts as you trust in him. So when does Christ make a home in our hearts? As we do what? Trust in him. So when you trust God, he builds a house in your heart. But you've got to trust him, right? Then Christ will make a home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. So listen, there's some mysteries out there that we all don't understand. There's some things that I know as a pastor that you will never know. You won't understand. But, God's, but, but Paul said this, listen, there's something that we all need to know. There's something that we all need to understand. And here it is. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, can you say experience, church? I, he doesn't want you to just know the dimensions of his love. He wants you to experience it. That no matter how low you go, his love is there. No matter how high you go, his love is there. No matter how wide you go, his love is still there. And you are experiencing his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great 
to understand fully. I know we've all been there before. God, I don't understand why you love me. I'm just glad that you do. I don't understand why you forgive me even though I keep on sinning. I'm just glad that you do. God, I'll never understand how you can love the, the murderer. I don't understand how you can love the, the, the one that does this and the one that does that, but I'm just so glad that I get to experience your love. Amen? The sinner gets to experience his love. It says, then, okay, listen to this. When you experience the love of Christ, even though you can't understand it, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So if you want, to, if you want life and power, you've got to experience his love. So what's that like? You're going through a tough situation. You say, God, I just feel so low right now, but I know that your love is here with me, and I just want to experience your love in this moment. What happens there? It says that then we begin to have a complete understanding of his fullness of life and power that comes from God. Here's how Paul ended it in verse 20. Now all glory to God. Let's say that. All glory to God. One more time. All glory to God. Remember, that's our purpose in him. Now all glory to God who is able. Come on. We serve a God who is able through his mighty power at work where within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Man, who wouldn't serve a God like that? This God does not set us up for failure. This God set us sets us in a place that at the end of the commercial that we stand there saying, but God, but God has brought me through this, but God has done it, but God has paid the bill, but God has freed me from the disease, but God has kept me through the car accident, but God has kept me through the fire, that he has kept me through loss. We are his commercials in action. I want to tell you one more thing that will link into next week, and it's this. Your service unlocks your purpose. We've learned a lot about being servants, but now it's time to actually get to serving, to service. And you will understand that as you begin to serve, it will unlock your purpose. I want to read this to you, then we'll close. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, it says this. It's why we come to church, right? Yes, we come for fellowship. Yes, we come to worship. Yes, we come to hear a word. But why did God institute the church? Listen to this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Wow. So are you telling me that it's not about just coming here listening to messages, that as you hear these words from the pastor or the apostle, that these are supposed to be uh, growing you and grooming you to work for God? Yes, it's what it's all about, that you would leave here today and go work for God, okay? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. Oh, are you telling me that there really isn't a church called New Life Christian Ministries? No. 
The church is called Jesus Christ. He's the church. This is just the name of a ministry on the corner of Kibbe and Elizabeth Street. The true church is Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. Hallelujah! He is the head of the church, and we are his body. And he's got more than just this church on this corner. His church is worldwide. And it doesn't have seven million names. It just has one name. King of kings and Lord of lords. We are the church and he is our head. And we are his appendages. And there's still work that needs to be done. So that's why you come to this building to learn about the work that God has for you to do. God's people, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. So why do we come to church? What's all this for? So that we can come into unity of our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. So that is the ministry of the church. You're all supposed to be helping each other be unified in faith. So if Angie Dove's son is sick, then we're all praying for Angie Dove's son, right? Because our faith is unified. What if that's what the church really looked like today, that our faith was unified, that it's not just you praying for a matter, and that's why we have the intercessory prayer team, and that's why you're getting these emails. Please don't treat our emails like junk mail. Please open the emails from the church and begin to pray those things. Why? Because we're trying to come together in the unity of our faith and the knowledge of God's Son. Why is that important? Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. What? We can be immature? Yes. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, here's, here's the mission, church. Here's why we exist. Here's why your ministry in this building and outside is important so that we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Say this with me, church. I have my own special work. Amen. It says this about your special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. New Life Christian Ministries, be healthy and be growing and be full of love. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for a glorious time in your presence and we're not leaving you, we're just leaving each other for a moment. The work must continue. The work must go on. We are a servant's servant. And today we learned that since we are united with Christ and Christ is the good plan that God sent to this world, and even before the world was formed, you knew us and you planned good works for us to do, 
That's such good news, God. We love you today, and we thank you that we truly are a commercial that's being played out in real time as God's goodness is being shown in our lives. How do we know this? Let your light so shine that men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I told you you were commercials. Your commercials called lights. Your commercials called salt. So be the salt and be the light in this world. And Father, we thank you for this. Lord, if there's anyone that needs to give their heart to you, I encourage the uh, intercessors to come up now, any elders to come up now. If you are in this building and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you want to get 